Hello, my beautiful crowd. Hello again. It's your boy. It's me. In case you didn't recognize the voice. <clears throat> it's my name is Felipe. I am the recorder of this incredible podcast where I select a record, a album, an album from a list of 300 and so albums. And I speak about those. Sometimes in great detail, sometimes in great simplicity. I was just, I, I was thinking about that, maybe something that worth uh, sharing to some extent. I don't aim necessarily to make a a very thorough song by song uh, cover of each record that I talk about. It's basically opening the you know opening the 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 chest and see what's inside there and what's inside regarding the feelings of the albums that I that I that I have put aside here and the ones that I randomly uh randomly uh, select to speak about it's not you know it's maybe you should I don't think I have the capacity of doing a very class classical and and technical analysis of chord progressions or rhythms or I, I do know what I know right so and I tend to, to use that for the most part I do know about genres I do know about albums that influence this influence that I tend to have a very broad ver uh, vision of the music history for the most part uh, to the extent that I'm actually proud of that as a human being but and that's kind of what i'm sharing here um, maybe it's a failure in the, in the sense that maybe that's what's really interesting but i don't know as a, as a music fan as a music uh yeah basically as a music fan i was never very into it that type of analysis i think that if you are someone who's learning an instrument and maybe wants to dive in uh, said in instruments, maybe learning the, the intricacies of, I don't know, uh, Elton John's play or maybe the tuning of the guitar of so-and-so, you know, the production style of uh, Nine Inch Nails or, you know, whatever there is space for that type of thing and it really demands a little bit of research right and this is not exactly what i'm doing here I'm not sure how that really plays into the into the whole picture in the sense that if it attacks the purpose of this uh, endeavor here i'm on the 13th uh, episode so far i do believe there is some value to what i'm doing I'm trying to not, I'm trying to keep afloat 
for the most part. I'm trying not to give up and just, you know, basically keep doing it. And eventually it can reach people or you can't, you know, that's up to the, that's up to the, to the future to decide. So I, it's not really my intention because I feel like it's missing something sometimes, right? It can be missing something. Um, I always find it impossible that people actually will find my perspective, find any interest in my perspective whatsoever. I, I, I don't tend to believe that that's the case. So anyway, but maybe it's more than I think. I don't know. Let's just uh, keep going with what's important then. The selection of the album that I'm speaking about now, which is always a fun moment to witness, at least for me, which, you know, I'm the first audience member of this uh, podcast. 190 is the number 190. 190. Tears for Fears. Songs from the Big Chair. Really a very popular record. One of those, right? One of those, uh, the same vein as Off the Wall that I spoke about already. Uh, Kid A, you can say as well. Uh, the ones that I already commented a bit, uh, commented a bit. Uh, Harvest, evidently, anyway. This. Tears of Fears, of course, massive band, an album with massive hits, uh, including uh, Shout, which is one of the most iconic songs from the 80s, if not one of the most iconic songs, period. It also has uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, uh, also a very iconic, a very... Uh, cinematic and dramatic type of pop from the 80s i would say that <clears throat> sorry that i've been talking the whole day um let me just do one thing one second guy it was time for some maintenance you know it was a tap dripping I sleep in the same place that I eat and, you know, wash the dishes and all that. It's a very small studio with a sink and all that, but I'm moving in 18 days. So I'm moving to a much better place eventually. Um, anyway, that's, uh, that's not, that's not the subject now. So Tears for Fears, basically those two are the biggest song songs from the record i believe the shout is the the one that's more iconic maybe survived more in popular culture in, in the in, in the popular Im imagination the, the the imagination of the of the culture anyway popular culture right that's what i mean um, maybe in movies and in, it's it's more celebrated than everybody wants. Um, 
not much difference in quality between them. I think that this album has a very type of sensitive, uh, very melodic, harmonic, and 80s-like pop album. I do think that it's one of the better um, sync pop albums from the 80s. It's definitely the one that opened the door for that type of uh, genre for me. And I am a big fan of the era. I do think it's one of the best eras for pop. Uh, of course, they will have um, multi-faceted uh, genres and styles inside the synth pop. You can have police at the same time that you have Tears for Fears or, or maybe the Pash Mode. You have all sorts of pop music going on. But it used to have a pretty defined backbone, right? Back in the day when the media was way more centralized than we than we are uh, aware of it now uh, things tend to be of course creative people push boundaries or don't care about boundaries for the most part but you have kind of the same situation at mainstream with you know from talking heads to Duran Duran you, you, you're gonna have the same kind of style being propagated. I do believe that Tears for Fears, along with Petra Boys uh, and the Pesh Mode, one of my favorites, uh, and Talk Talk, of course, uh, although Talk Talk is a whole different beast, they are one of my favorite acts from the, from the 80s, right? More of the mid-80s. I... I think that songs from the, from the big chair defines what mid-80s pop uh, was like. So if there is someone that never heard 80, uh, pop, pop from the 80s, or 80s pop, if you like, I don't know, if someone in that that's becoming even more, more uncommon, right, with young people today, so they probably never uh, heard some deep cuts from this record specifically, right? Um, it's a very decade-defining album uh, because it sits right in the middle and it has pretty much everything that the time was was going for it at that point in terms of pop, right? State-of-the-art uh, pop music. Uh, you have Head Over Heels as well, which is a incredible song and a huge song as well. It's all hits, basically. It's 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 very very well populated with uh, hits. This album, of course, they have Shout and Everybody Wants to Rule the World. It's actually bigger than Shout in, in terms of listening. I wouldn't expect that. Anyway, I I just contradict myself here. And the truth is that everybody wants it's it's bigger. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe I was just aware of the shout. Maybe maybe I grew up with the disturbed version, and that one had its time in the sun for for a while, right? So maybe I'm thinking about that one in that sense, and maybe putting the popularity of them two together. Although this is a deluxe addiction, maybe maybe. Other releases have 
the a more fair assessment let's see uh, oh no they all share the same amount of place okay so it's by songs not by albums of the songs all right so amongst every record on spotify everybody wants to rule the world it's like five hundred thousand more plays than the than shout anyway it is a beautiful album it's a very short album at least in the track list it's very short now it's normal it has 41 minutes it's a normal lp time the songs are very uh i wouldn't say bloated but they tend to be big they, they, they take their time to to develop and that it, it's more a kind of it's not necessarily time to develop no that's not correct uh because they don't do that what happens with this record is that the repetition is pretty intense so because the chorus idea and the, the, the melodies are so catchy they really took advantage of the catchiness of those melodies and, and, and choruses so you, you're gonna have like the milking of that radio time right so f five to six minutes on the, on the radio it gives more time to people that are tuning in and just figure out what you are so it's kind of a uh the stretching maybe it's kind of a strategy there in a way because i don't remember those those songs being very uh having a lot of phases or or maybe going to places that are kind of unexpected right like a talk talk would definitely do especially on the later records talk talk a simple band as well from the same time they do they did veer to some path more akin to post-rock and more of an alternative uh route than tears for fears tears for fears became uh, the pop sensation that they are and they stayed away for the most part of the 80s right on the 2000s they became a little bit of a different figure um, one very cool thing that they did was uh, in the later part of their career they started covering like newer kind of art pop or, or indie rock or even electronic or in some cases uh animal collective even like a, a freak folk electronic band uh animal collective they cover my girls they cover uh ready to start the the arcade fire song from from the the suburbs and there is another one here that i'm sure it's the same situation there's a third song here that i don't recognize which from which band or artist it is or maybe it's theirs okay yeah, i think i don't know anyway so they did a, a cool thing by by covering those those tracks especially arcade fire and animal collective which evidently grew up listening to their sound so i i, I always think it's cool when when an older band kind of 
covers something very recent, which was the case with Johnny Cash, for example, uh, covering Nine Inch Nails, and of course, uh, a lot of things um, covered the Pesh Mode. It, he did a, it, um, he made a lot of uh, cover albums, right, later in the career, and of course, there were some originals there as well. Anyway, so state of the art pop music, the quintessential mid '80s band and record. I mo I'm only aware with this album, so I can't say exactly if the other ones are also worthy of a listen. I do think that for the most part they are well well regarded, you know. But especially the hurting is very well regarded. Uh, I think that most of them in the Sea of Love, of course, I think that's kind of a trilogy there uh, of their '80s albums. I think that uh, you don't get much 80 year 80 year yeah let's let's leave it at that you, you don't get much 80 year than 80est than tears for fears and specifically on this album as well um it's kind of there's only some stuff that really encompass like a whole decade decade in and of itself, right? So you have probably this album, you'll probably have uh, with the indie rock from the early 2000s, the, the first Strokes record. You probably have um, the 60s uh, psychedelic movement on the Sgt. Peppers, maybe it's a whole encompassing uh, record or magnum opus about that era or maybe made during that era but it symbolizes so much about that type of music right uh, it's a destillation maybe is the word that i'm looking for so this is 80s mid 80s distilled and put into melody harmony and choruses very charismatic album very upward and uh, serious pop record as well, right? It's very uh, adult and very mature, I would say. So it's made for the club. It's made, of course, for the for the dance crowd, but it doesn't sell itself short in any way, right? In, in compositionally, uh, it doesn't it doesn't let anything to, to it doesn't disappoint uh, that's for sure uh, of course it's very well regarded basically by anyone who decides to investigate what the 80s brought to the to pop music uh, songs from the big chair is definitely a great example of what this genre of songs and of music can provide um, and then after that you just maybe gonna find stuff that is more up to your speed you know it's perfectly fine if you like more um, even poppier you can go probably with erasure you can probably go with ultravox if you like more of the weirdness and the quirkiness nerdy side of uh, even with the mixture of indie rock that type of thing you can probably go with Talking Heads and XTC, 
Um, if you like the more dark stuff, you can probably go with the patch mode. Um, Sisters of Mercy, you know, more, and it goes more to the rock and roll side until it reaches the the grunge era, which if you pay attention to the releases of each decade, you're going to notice that the grunge era was nothing but punk coming back at the end of the 80s, right? With Pixies, uh, I'll probably say Bad Brains at the end, of some records from them, uh, from theirs, yeah, from theirs, because it's more than one person, uh, are from 87, you know, uh, Mud Honey, uh, and then, of course, when it comes to Nirvana, Soundgarden and Bergen, you know, it's but those waves they are, they, you notice those things, it seems like it is, you know, a different thing, but it just repeats itself. Uh, in a way, it, not re, it don't re, it doesn't repeat itself. It just rhymes, right? So you have the end of the '80s rhyming with the end of the '70s. You have the end of the '60s rhyming with the end of the '50s, and so and so on. Uh, anyway, probably way above my pay grade here, talking about waves and music and all that. But it makes sense. It makes sense because things become more poppy and then they become more greedy and then become more poppy and then become more greedy. We are living nowadays in a kind of 80s, um, 90s. No, we, we went through the 90s phase already. We went through maybe maybe true 90s phases that I, that I already witnessed. Um, we had one, like it was like, the return of the grunge and then it was with the return of the emo and then it was the return of dance pop and now we have a hyper pop which is a kind of a elaboration on precisely those types of albums and those types of aesthetics from the 80s uh, now i believe it's more kind of a return to pop from the early 2000s if that makes sense because pop from the early 2000s it's in and of itself, a return to this kind of pop here with Tears for Fears, right? So it only makes sense that with the recycling and with the reverberation of the of the of the styles, one thing is gonna drink from the other, right? Um, and now we have the access to all of that information, so. Good thing that they are releasing new stuff. Very interested to to see what might be an album from them at this point. I don't know what type of uh, development development they will uh, have in their career. Um, what type of sound they pursue, and what's the sound that they pursue after this album? Because it was a huge, huge uh, breakthrough from them. I do believe that that's pretty much all I, that I can say about this record. From now on, I will be babbling more than I'm already am babbling. 80s, don't 
was speaking more about the 80s now. I don't know why I came back to that uh, idea. Don't think it's just one thing. As pretty much with everything, you have a wild variety of styles, right? It's pretty much every decade, basically every year of every decade since the 50s on pop music, it, it, it deserves a a a look at deserves because you, you can have figures from you know as i said already a couple of times the pesh mode and at the same time i don't know paul simon releasing a african record you know so it's it's always very interesting to have a look and what the what the decade has to to offer and you have a specific ears, right? For for metal, you have good ears for thrash metal. Uh, of course, with one of the early releases from Metallica, uh, Slayer, uh, Judas Priest. You know, it, it's all over the place, all over the place. And it should be that way, right? Music should be varied uh, as much as possible always varying even though our tastes might not be as varied but at least the options are there right at least the potential of potential of figuring that out it's there so it's pretty cool it's pretty cool um very quintessential album very dramatic pop very cinematic synth pop from the 80s tears for fears sells itself presents itself i don't need to defend uh, much more than i already did it's worth a try because it's most definitely a very um sure record to grab your attention especially the first song which is a Forever a master, a master, a master a forever a masterpiece. It's a pretty good song. Shout is one of the best songs from the eighties. It's an anthem for sure, right? And everybody wants to rule the world as well. Uh, and head over heels. It's one of those songs that everybody has a smile when they listen to those songs. It's one of those where. Uh, pieces of culture, right? That everyone it's it's on it. <laughs> There's no person that it's. I find it impossible someone to hear. Uh, everybody wants to rule the world and say, "Oh, that's not. That's boring." You know, it's always nice to hear. It's it's the power of music. Music can be very um, overarching. In that case, and can definitely unite people, you know, on a with movement, with rhythm. Not even my 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 most um. I I won't I won't say closed minded minded because they are not closed minded. But they have. Some of them have a bit of a restriction in terms of pop music. They they tend to be restrictive. To some stuff, I do believe that if they hear 
Tearful Fears or even some Depeche Mode, they will probably think that's nice. Some very religious friends, you know, they probably have some some restrictions about it, but that's maybe just in my head. Anyway, sorry for the always being tired. I, I record this after a long day. Uh, I want to do at least half an hour, right? Not to, for not to um, for not to think that I'm that I'm hacking my way out of this, you know, because it has to have some type of tangible value. If not, I don't know really why I'm doing this. I do believe that. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna imitate some critics that I admire and used to admire that say oh shout begins with a very nice piano riff that devolves into this i try to do that not really my 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 thing you know I'm, I, I become very like i taking too many digressions too many digressions because one thing remembers another thing and then if a riff remembers me of David Bowie. I will probably gonna be talking about about David Bowie for half an hour, you know. So I don't, I don't think it's a very useful uh, approach, like commenting on the structure of songs. Or you know, I I, I like the bigger picture, in some ways, and of course the personal picture as well. Uh, things to be noticed about that album, maybe in my personal experience. Is that it really opened the door for the whole 80s synth pop genre? It is a, a very entry level type of pop, and more specifically from the 80s, right? Uh, it's a very entry level thing there. And it did exactly that job. Uh. And then after that, I went with the other, you know, with the other artists that I already mentioned, including the more rock and roll side of things, which Pixies, um, Pavement, R.E.M., um, and so and so and so, and all over, right? Paul Simon as well has uh, The Church, Nick Cave. Anyway. I'm not going to be throwing names all night here. Uh, for the most part, I am done with this lecture about this specific album. I appreciate you listening. I hope that again, you can take something out from this. Even if it's just, oh, let me hear that album again. Or maybe if it's just, oh, let me hear that album. Let me look for it and see if something something makes sense. Because, I mean, <laughs> I didn't make the record, you know. I'm just talking about it. The, the record for sure speaks for itself. I'm not helping any sales. That's what I mean. <laughs> I'm not helping any sales. There is not going to be a bump in, in, in listenings to this album after. <laughs> But maybe there is, I don't know. Uh, I 
I always cherish people who recommended me things that I that I didn't know, and you know, you can't expect that everyone knows what you know. Uh, that's for sure. And this is of course evidently a very big band. I always think someone uh, might not know about it. It probably has some enjoyment out of it, some drama, you know, some eighties gravitas. Some Stranger Things shit, you know. Appreciate your affection and attention. Goodbye.